a while. Praise God. Open your Bibles, if you would, please, today to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. Ministering along the lines of one of my favorite subjects to get to minister on. Talking about learning to be led by the Spirit. Or as we're calling in this series, hearing from God. So vitally important that we hear from God. Amen. If we'll hear from God, He'll steer us around the pitfalls of the enemy. Amen. Uh, We will find ourselves living beside still waters. Amen. Uh, One translation says, He leads me beside untroubled waters. That's what everybody's looking for, right? An untroubled life. Now, the life that God's called us to live will not be without natural attacks and obstacles and battles we'll fight. In fact, Jesus, one of his first, really his first leading of the Spirit. And that's an interesting thought before we go on. Jesus, the Son of God on the earth, was led by the Spirit. If Jesus on the earth needed to be led by God, led by his Father, led by the Holy Ghost, how much more on this earth does his body, you and I, need to be led by? Amen. But his first leading was not uh, to a lazy boy. It wasn't to the, his first leading. It didn't say, you know, the Spirit came on him. The cl- it says the clouds opened up. This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. And then it did say, right, that the Spirit of God descended upon him, lighted upon him, remained upon him. They saw it in the form, the Holy Ghost in the form of a dove. Not a dove, but in the form of a dove. And then in the very next uh, it, it, he, was, his, he was led. Where? Not to the spa. Amen. He was led into the wilderness where he was to have a confrontation with the devil. And he did, and he won. Amen. You know, as you're following the Spirit, he'll lead you into challenging places. You know, take the example we've been talking about the last few minutes of this building. All of the challenges, all of the obstacles... All of the impossibilities, God didn't bring them. But how did we as a congregation get into those hot spots? We were led there. But we were not led there to lose. We were not led there to stress out. We were not led there to be defeated. We were led there to demonstrate the Lord's victory in the face of impossibilities. This building you're sitting in today from every natural business point of view, is impossible. This building was not built with money. It was built with faith. Oh, there was a lot of money involved, but it took faith to get the money. Faith to give the money. Amen. And yet we're enjoying it today. The building's bearing fruit today. Amen. Because we followed the leading of the Lord into some difficult, uncomfortable places. Amen. Praise God. You know, um, Brother Hagin said that the Lord Jesus, in one of those divinely granted appearances, said to him that uh, uh, if you'll learn to follow my spirit, I'll make you rich. Hallelujah. He went on and said, I'm not opposed to my children being rich. I'm opposed to them being covetous, envious, greedy, willing to do anything to get it. Amen. But what did he say? He said, if you learn to follow my spirit, I'll make you rich. 
Brother Hagin was able to say some years later, I followed the Spirit and he was good on, he was good on his word. He's made me rich. And he said, now don't get, don't get me wrong. What does the word rich mean? It means a full, abundant supply. Amen. Amen. More than enough. More than enough. And thank God we can be led. Glory to God. The Lord led a man named uh, Isaac in a time of famine in the Old Testament. When no one sowing seed, he sowed his seed because the Lord said to. And in the same year, he reaped a hundredfold. See, he was led to do it. It didn't look like everything in the natural says, don't do it. But he did it at the word of the Lord because he heard from God. And he got to enjoy supernatural harvest and increase. Amen. Praise God. But our safety in these last days depends on us hearing from God. Living an accurate life. Following the plan of God for your life. Amen. Is dependent on our hearing from God. Amen. Now this is a Holy Ghost church, right? Just going to let me stop a minute. Hallelujah. Amen. Brother Wade, there's, a, there's some sort of financial blessing and increase coming to you and your wife. So just you guys just rejoice and be glad. There, there's increase coming. I don't know if you've been praying for it or needing it, but it's coming your way. And the Lord says there's been some adjustments of late, some corrections of late, and uh, this is... It's con- this blessing's connected to that. I tell you what, God's not endeavoring to get us to tweak things and make some changes or whatever to hurt us. Amen. But so that He can bless us in a greater way. Amen. Do you believe it for them? I believe that for them. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If you're smart, you'll say, I'll take that for myself. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. You guys could put up that slide. You know, one of the leading ministers in the body of Christ today said God told him that 2022, in 2022, he gave him four words that would be paramount, that we would need to be conscious of uh, in 2022 as the body of Christ. That's correction, direction, protection, perfection. Amen. And, and that just so bore witness with me, just echoes in my heart. Amen. We need to make, if we need to be making, we need to be making corrections. And it doesn't mean we're like wrong or bad or anything, right? When you fly a plane, you make corrections. When you drove your car, you're constantly doing this, right? To keep it in the lane. Just tweak here, tweak there, doing what you need to do. And that's what we need to do in 2022. Be correctable. Amen. Because we don't want to veer off course. Amen. In these last days, uh uh uh, no. And then we need to receive direction. And that, that, that's connected to what we're talking about, learning to hear from God. Amen. To do that, then we'll enjoy God's protection. And we need to be moving on. That word perfection, as I understand the meaning of it, as God said it to him, is moving on to maturity, growing up, reaching for being like Jesus in our lives. Amen. So I wanted to put that before you today too. John chapter 10, John chapter 10, verse 27. Mark this scripture, John chapter 10 verse 27 says, My sheep, are you His? Amen. So, you know, if you're new to church, new to this church, if I use the word sheep, it's not a derogatory term. Jesus used it to describe God's people. 
He's the great shepherd. We're the sheep of his pasture. Amen? So if you hear me use that term, don't, don't turn it negative. It's a wonderful analogy the, the Bible uses often. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Now, it may not look like in your life that you've been the fulfillment of that scripture. <laughs> but what you're seeing here is the faith of Jesus spoken. Jesus is a faith guy. He doesn't speak negative. He doesn't speak, I, I wish they would. He's, he's in faith about you and me. What does he say about us? My sheep, my own people, they hear my voice. So should a Christian today think it strange of someone that says, God led me, God told me, God directed me. So a lot of congregations think that's foreign matter. You know, that, that oh, man, that's, yeah, what are you talking? You're weird. You're some kind of strange matter. No, are you, do you belong to him? Do I belong to him? What did he say? My sheep hear my voice. Amen. I love that. You know what you should do if you're, as you're learning to be led, you're wanting to come up in your skillfulness of hearing from God, is get in agreement with Jesus. Don't sit there and say to yourself, you know, pastor seems to really hear from God, but I never hear from God. Don't say that. Agree with Jesus. He's a faith guy. You be a faith guy. You be a faith girl. A faith guy would say, I'm his sheep. Therefore, I hear his voice. He talks to me. Amen. He leads me. He guides me. Don't talk confusion. Don't talk I don't know. Don't talk I can't ever seem to uh, know what the right thing is or what God would want me to do. I'm just confused. Stop talking like that. Agree with the Word. Agree with Jesus. If you belong to Him, you have a divine right to guidance. You have one of your birthrights as a child of God is that you should be led by the Spirit of God. Amen. Romans 8:14 says, "For them that be led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God." Right. The term "sons of God" doesn't have anything to do with gender. It has everything to do with your position in Christ as His child, as one that is an, an heir of God. And he says, because you're an heir of God, you're a child of God, you are to be led by the Spirit of God. Y'all going to believe with me today? I could go a lot of different directions, but God knows what this congregation needs to hear, what I need to say, what scriptures we need to camp out on. My sheep hear my voice. I love this. I know them. Now, you might think you've been hiding under God's radar. Amen, that He doesn't see you. He does. And thank God it's not an eye to get you. A lot of people think God's out to get them. And the thing about it is, if God was out to get you, He'd have got you by now. <laughs> He's a, amen. God is never the getter. Amen. All the bad things that happen and when judgment does come, what that is, that's a function of seed time and harvest. That's, that's what that is. That's just the law of seed time and harvest coming to pass. 
And how do you, how do you get dug up bad seeds? You say, repentance. Telling God you're sorry. Changing. Amen. And then you don't have to reap from the bad seeds you've sown. Amen. Then he also said, they follow me. Let's skip a little bit. Uh, not, let's go back up into the chapter. And uh, praise God. A couple of verses. Let's go all the way back to verse 1. Just read a few verses here. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that enters not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. He that enters in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Y'all know who the door is? Jesus said, I am the door. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name. See, he knows you personally. And I love this. And leads them out. I'm believing him. He does that for me. And when he puts forth his own sheep, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Now the, the shepherds today in the uh, pastures of the hills of Israel surrounding Jerusalem, during the day they, they're doing things the same way today they did in Jesus' day, mm -hmm. since ancient times. And uh, when they talk about the sheep at night, what they would have, they didn't have big barns and corrals typically like we have now. So what they would do is the shepherd would build uh, a hedge of protection take branches and thorns and things like that, and he would literally build a ring with a small opening in the ring. And the sheep would come in and out of that. And the shepherd would sleep in the opening. So when he's saying here, see, they knew this language, this imagery. We need to be reminded. You know, we're YouTubers and Googlers and all of that, you know. And... Uh, and so he said, someone that climbs up and enters in the sheepfold some other way is a thief and a robber. If you're legit, you come through the door. And when a good shepherd is over watching his sheep at night, he is, he is you got to get past him to get to his sheep. And that's how Jesus is sleeping in the access. He's sleeping in the door. He is the door. Amen. And he's watching over you. And you're his sheep. He's got a shepherd's hook to guide you when you want to... Now get back over here. But that club that he carries, that rod that he carries, that's not for the sheep. That's for the predators. Every good pastor's got both of those in his hand. A gentle hook that he uses to... Come on, sweetheart. Get yourself back over here in line. It's dangerous out there. Don't wander off over there. That's a cliff over there. That's where the wolves hang out over there. Don't go over there. You ought to listen to your shepherd. I'm not Jesus, but I'm an under-shepherd. That heart, a true pastor has that heart of a shepherd for sheep in them. A lot of people, they just hire someone, put them in the back because they can gather people and they're a good speaker and a motivator. That, 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 doesn't, that, that does not a pastor make. True shepherd will stand there and beat wolves off. And a real shepherd will be able to see, hmm, someone walks up, hmm. That one's a predator back there. Yeah, come on. Come on. 
That shepherd will meet the guy on the way out the door and say, I know you, you, may, need, you may be looking for a church, but this isn't it. A good pastor will do that. People, some people don't come in looking for Jesus and spiritual growth. Some people look in, they're looking for a meat market and how to get a hold of a girl and all kinds of weird stuff. Amen. You know, when you're, I'm not off my message. But when you ever see or observe the shepherd get strong, you just better not get offended by that. You better thank God for that. A good shepherd, like a good daddy, will be a protector. Love protects. And I'm just not going to allow anything just to go on. Amen. Hallelujah. Anyway. But Jesus, see, he's given this imagery and he said, I'm the door. But these, uh, during the day, he would, he would stand out of that gap and the sheep would come out and he would lead them out where to graze and where to drink for that day. And uh, what would happen, these natural shepherds, is they would, the shepherds have friend shepherds. And all during the day, the shepherds would hang out together and talk and visit as they, and their, their, their flocks would intermingle. So you might have four or five different flocks of goats and sheep that belong to different shepherds all mingling in during the day. But when the evening came, you know, they didn't tag them and tattoo them and brand them back then. They didn't need to. Because there was such an intimacy and such a, a connection between the shepherd and his flock. See, this, all this language, if you don't just read it and say, okay, I read my chapter, but just really think about it. Yeah. Amen. He says, repeat it, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. All they had to do at the end of the day was the shepherds would go their different directions and they would make their call. In his particular... Amen. His particular sheep knew his voice, and they didn't have to have a bunch of herd dogs and a bunch of lassos and cattle prods. All those flocks, they just separated to their own shepherd, and they went to their own folds. You know, really, in the body of Christ, local churches ought to be able to work together and collaborate and wield great influence in the region. But because of insecure pastors... Amen. And the lack of integrity among the congregation, that's dangerous to do, unfortunately. Because some shepherds are sheep stealers, and some sheep act like they don't know their shepherd's voice. But we really ought to be able to get together and wield some power and feed some hungry folks and, I mean, do some big things. And, and yet, at the end of the day, we all separate, and y'all know where you're, who your pastor is. I, I'm not a jealous pastor. You go to any meeting you want to go to, any revival you want to go to, but what I do care about is that you know where you ought to be on Sunday morning, Wednesday night. And when, <laughs> Amen? Those are all good things. Praise God. Look at what he said. I, in verse 9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he will be saved and go in and out and find pasture. The thief, that's the devil, comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd of the sheep. The shepherd gives his life for the sheep. And then he goes on and talks about a hireling. Amen. Yeah. Well, I could preach on that, but I better let it go. Amen. 
You know, pastors that are in pulpits for money and for titles, they're going to get in trouble today. Amen. Anyway, now go with me to John chapter 14. Y'all all right? Praise God. I really brought you over there so that you could see what Jesus said about you. You're His sheep. I'm His sheep. And one of the benefits of belonging to Him is we hear His voice. Is that right? In another place in John 10, it said, And the voice of a stranger, they will not follow. They will not follow. But see, to cooperate with the faith of Jesus, we need to, like those natural sheep, get acquainted with. Amen? I mean, we ought to at least... This is just a comparison, natural sheep to a shepherd. There's just that wonderful, intimate connection that happens over time. And yet, a lot of Christians, their relationship and their fellowship with Jesus is so impersonal and distant, I don't think they'd know the voice of Jesus or the Holy Ghost if He came in screaming with a red hat on a megaphone. If you really want to hear the voice of God, the voice of Jesus, the voice and the leading of the Holy Spirit, you've got to be interested in a relationship with Jesus. Y'all want to know what the voice of God sounds like? No? Okay. I just go on my Bible list. Do you all want to know what the voice of God sounds like? It sounds like the Word. The Scriptures are God-breathed. The Scriptures are God-breathed. Amen. And so if you want to become acquainted with what the voice of God sounds like, you've got to be a word person. You've got to be a word person. Number one, knowing the word intimately is fellowshipping with God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word is authoritative, and that's His voice in written form. Amen. Number two, the Holy Ghost, the voice of God, will never, ever, 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 ever lead you outside of or in contradiction with what's already been written. So any denominational, ecumenical, priesthood, denomination wants to come out and say, you know what, we've heard from God and, and God said, you know, that He's changed His mind now about homosexuality and so we're going to start ordaining homosexuals. You know that's not the voice of God. You know that's not right. That violates the plain text of Scripture. Amen. And, and if you just knew the Word, it would eliminate all this goofy stuff. Well, God told me you're supposed to divorce your husband and marry me. How many of you know that's not God? Amen. I'm going to help you find out that's not God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. No, the more you're acquainted with His words, words came from a voice. He breathed upon these writers, they, right? Then you're going to know what His voice sounds like. And the voice of a stranger you're not going to follow because you're so familiar with what He's already said. Is that right? Yeah. It keeps you safe. Amen. But hearing from God individually in our spirits, from God, 
uh, is so vitally important because the details of our life we can't get in a particular chapter of the Bible. Specifically, who do I marry? What church do I go to? What city should I live in? What path should I take in educating my children? We have to hear from God personally about these things. But even then, those leadings, His voice sounds like the Word. Amen. So meditating a lot in the Word of God is one way that you turn the volume up in your own heart. That when He speaks, you know a lot of times, now I'm, I'm just good country boy. I'm a Kentucky boy. I'm an Oklahoma boy. I'm just a good Kentucky boy. But do you know God talks to me a lot of times in King James? Now, why? We don't talk like that today. Via, seeth, and saith, and goeth, and all of that. But a lot of times He talks to me in King James. Why? Because that, that's the translation that I just poured into myself, you know, from the beginning. And a lot of times he just speaks in harmony with the word that I put in me. Amen. Amen. Oh, wow. where does the time go? Hallelujah. Give me just a few more minutes here. Look at John 14, and let's get a thought over to us before we eat some chili. Amen. John 14, verse 16 and 17. I encourage you, if you can, mark these scriptures, highlight them with your tablet or whatever you got there. Jesus said, And I will pray the Father. Now he's talking about leaving. And he's talking to his disciples about leaving. And he says, In light of this, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter. Now in the Greek, that word another means one like me. One like me. And so this one like me, he's going to pray to the Father to send, is the comforter, referring to the Holy Spirit, that he may abide with you forever. Amen. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees Him not. Don't expect the world to get what you get. Don't expect the world to be excited about what you're excited about. And don't be moved when they're not. They can't, they can't understand, even a lot of carnal Christians, they, they can't understand, they don't get the person of the Holy Spirit. They've been taught, yes, there is a Holy Spirit, but He's a real mystery, and, uh, you know... Uh, whatever. Amen. But you know, he's the third person of the Godhead. He's got a sort of a different name. God the Father, we get that. Jesus our Lord, we get that. Mary gave him that name. Amen. And uh, praise God. But Holy Spirit, that's a little different to put on a business card, right? You know, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. But he's as much a person and a member of the Godhead, as is God the Father, and as is God the Son. And really, the only real, only member of the Godhead you deal with down on the earth here in daily life is the Holy Ghost. Sounds to me like, Brother Common, you ought to get acquainted with Him. He's the one that's going to make the Father real to you. He's the one that's going to enlighten the Scriptures to you. He's the one that's living on the inside of you right now. So we need to get acquainted with Him. Amen. Amen. So it says, The world can't see Him, neither knows Him. Notice the words, Him, not it. Him. But you know Him. Boy, there's another good confession. I know the Holy Ghost. Jesus said I did. Now notice this, For He dwells with you 
and shall be in you. See, he wasn't in them yet because he hadn't gone to the cross to make that possible. But we're living on the far side of the cross. And he is in us today. And this is the thought I want to leave us with today. To be led by the Spirit, you have to know where to look. I taught you last week, if you missed that, go back and listen to the podcast from last week. I taught you that you're a spirit. You're not a body. You have a body. But you're not a body. You're not even a mind. You have a mind. You have a soul. You have emotions. You have feelings. You think. Amen? But even that's not you. The real you, the inward you, is a spirit like God is a spirit. So you are a spirit being, and you're going to live eternally. You can't kill a spirit with a machine gun or machete or electricity, or you can't drown a spirit. You can't run over a spirit so many times that it doesn't exist anymore. Amen. You get shot, your spirit may leave your body, because with the, the spirit, the body without the spirit is, the Bible says, the body without the spirit's dead. But all that's dead is your body. All of a sudden, you're going to be standing down there looking at your body going, wow, what happened to that? <laughs> Amen. You'll be looking around. And you'll realize you remember everything you remember. You are who you are. You know who you know. You're just not in that body anymore. But see, when you got born again, something wonderful happened to you. The Holy Spirit joined Himself with your spirit. And made you a new creation. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have been made new. One translation says you're a new species of being that never existed before. Christians are not saved sinners. Christians are not saved sinners. Christians have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. We've been born again. We have God on the inside. That's what I want to get over to you before we go. You have God on the inside. God on the inside. I have God on the inside. Greater is He that is in me. Greater is He that's in me than him that's in the world. Hallelujah. I'm not living in this body by myself. The third person of the Trinity. The Bible says that he that has been joined unto the Lord is one spirit with him. I feel like telling my iced tea story. Amen. You know, in some places, uh, they're not blessed like we are here in the South. Like in Texas. Some places in Texas, they don't know what sweet tea is. What they do, if you ask for sweet tea at the restaurant, they bring you unsweet tea and sugar. How many of you know any good Kentuckian knows that is not sweet tea? Even when you put the sugar in and you mix it around, is that sweet tea? Come on, Kentucky, that's not sweet tea. Uh-uh, you can still see the difference. You could see the tea and the sugar. Hey, when God moved into your life, amen, it's not, oh, there's Gabrielle and there's the Holy Ghost. No, 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 it's more like sweet tea. How do you really make sweet tea? You put some water on the stove, you get it simmering and boiling hot, and then what do you do? Come on, are you going to make a gallon? You're going to put at least a cup of sugar in there. Is that not right? More like three at our house. Don't let Ryan make sweet tea. She knows what sweet tea is. Amen. 
And so you don't put the sugar in while the tea is cold. You put it in while the tea is boiling hot. Why? What happens? It diffuses. There is a chemical reaction. The sugar doesn't stay sugar. You don't have sugar in tea. You have something totally new, something totally better, something totally on a higher plane. You have sweet tea. Come on. Religion wants to tell us that Jesus' blood purchased our forgiveness. I'm a sinner that's now forgiven. And friends, that's not right. That is theologically, doctrinally, New Testamentally not true. We are forgiven. Thank God we are forgiven. But we have been born again. We have been born of the Spirit. We were the hot water. The Holy Ghost is the sweet sugar. Amen. And in the new birth, guess what? You, once that happens and you pour that sweet tea in the glass, you cannot separate the sugar from the tea. Come on. Amen. You put that tea under the microscope and it's just something different than it was before. You're not a saved sinner. Amen. You put yourself under God's microscope. You're a new creation. You're something you were not before. You cannot see the Holy Ghost and the difference between you. Now, of course, amen, He is distinct from us. But that's how closely and fitly joined we are. And that's what makes us worthy of heaven. When God the Father looks in, in He sees Himself. Amen. He's not counting how many brownies we baked and how many prisoners we visited. Those are all good things. But to go to heaven, he's got to look inside your spirit and see him. And the only way that's going to happen is if you've given your life to Jesus Christ. And that's what we've got to help the sinner know. Because if you ask the average precious person out there, if, they're going to, if they died today, if you ask them, are you, is God going to let you into his heaven? You know what? You can imagine what they, most people will say. They're going to say something like, hmm, well, uh, I think so because... God is love. I know God's love, and, and He sees my heart. And uh, I try to be a good person. So, yeah, God's going to let me into His heaven. No! That person burns in flames for all eternity. Kicking themselves and wanting to have a word with Christians who didn't tell them the truth about what they really needed. Jesus told a very good man, a religious man, that if your righteousness, Nicodemus, doesn't exceed the righteousness of all your little buddies and your Pharisees, you will in no wise enter into the kingdom of God. A man must be born from above. He must be born of water and of the Spirit. He can't see the kingdom of God. And that's what the sinner out there does not know. We're not going to God's heaven because we cooked more brownies than they did. And obeyed the speed limit. Mm -mm. We're going to heaven because when God looks into our spirit, He sees Himself. There's only, you know, five people collecting mail at my house right now. Now, Nana's welcome. She's living there part-time. But I'm talking about, you, you know, my kid, five. Why? Because my three kids, when I look, it's not about, you know, well, they're better than Maurice. Maurice is a great kid. But if I look in their blood... I see me in them. That's what gets them entrance into my house, not whether they've been good or bad. What gets you into God's house is not whether you've been good or bad. Is there any God DNA on the inside of you? 
And people don't know this. You may think they, people know this because there's a church on every street corner, but people aren't going to any of those churches. Not enough of them are coming to this church. We have to tell them. We have to say, stop. Give me 15 minutes. So I love you and I care about you. Amen. For us, and I'm, I'm trying to find a place the wheels are out. We're on our final descent here. I've got to find a place to shut this sermon down. Amen. But I brought you here to, to show you in John 14, 17, that where is God? He's in you. You know, so people in the prayer line, they say, Oh, Lord, be with Sister Betty. How, be with Sister, what a wasted prayer. Be with Sister Betty. How much close, be, Oh, Lord, draw near, Lord, draw near, draw near. I mean, how much draw near can he get? He's living on the inside of you. I'm not trying to make fun, but people are praying. This is why prayers are so dry and they go unanswered. We're, we're, we're asking God to do things He can't do. Lord be with. Well, Brother Jerry's having procedure. Let's uh, let Lord be with. Don't pray that. He's already with you. He's living on the inside of you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. John 16, verse 13. Jesus said, how be it when He, notice He, the Spirit of truth is come. What will He do? He will guide you. He will guide you into, you know, as a denominational boy, as a secular boy, uh, when I really got on fire and started really reading my Bible, I started seeing all these scriptures about be filled with the Spirit, speak with tongues. I saw, them get, I saw them getting filled with the Spirit and speaking with tongues after they got saved and after they got water baptized, like days later. And yet all my denominational people were telling me it's the same thing. Getting saved, baptism of the Holy Ghost, same thing. Then I go home and read my Bible, and it's just so plainly not the same thing. Because Peter preached Christ in Acts chapter 8 to the people of Samaria, and it says he received their message, they got saved. A lot of them got baptized in water. So he sent for Peter and John, who came down a couple days later, laid his hands on them, not to get saved. They're already saved. They got saved under Philip the Evangelist. Can't you read? Amen. Peter and John come down a few days later, lay their hands on them, and they're filled with the Holy Ghost. They speak with other tongues. Well, that's not for us today. That's not for us today. Okay, I'm just, I'm, just a, I'm just a boy. I'm just a boy reading my Bible. Would you please show me in the... I'm just a little innocent. I asked a question I shouldn't have asked, I guess. Because I, I asked him to show me where in the Scripture it's passed away. Right. And that's when you get a bunch of oh, um, and a bum, and a, uh, I'll get back to you. <laughs> People want to ask me, how did you go from really not knowing nothing, being secular, and you went to a Baptist youth camp and got saved? Oh, thank God for that. And then you went to this denominational church, and I learned a lot there. Oh, thank God for that. How did you end up shouting at the devil in Jesus' name, speaking in tongues, believing in healing, getting people healed, running around church? How did you end up like that? Y'all want to know how? Read my Bible. So it's just dangerous to read your Bible if you're going to actually believe what it says. Amen. But the Spirit of God was living in me. 
I was saved. And all I could see in that season of my life was the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. It was like I was finding it in Job, and there's nothing in there about that in Job, you know. But it's like all jumping off the page at me. Why? Because the Spirit of truth is living on the inside of me. And He's trying to bring me. He doesn't care that I'm denominational. He doesn't care what tag I put on me. God don't, he don't see tags. He don't care. He's trying to get in. And I, so I went and asked all the questions I could ask. And they'd try to give me their little answer. And I was trying to listen and I was trying to agree. I thought they knew more of the Bible than, and they did in a lot of ways. But when I compared their answer to what the Bible said, it just, just didn't fly. A couple months into that, I found out I'm going to have to make a choice here. I'm either going to believe the plain text of Scripture or I'm going to go with what they say. I'm so glad the Lord helped me. Because as they were talking to me, giving me the wrong answer, and no scripture, I had the spirit of truth in me. Mm-hmm. Letting me know. Something going. Y'all ever had that something? Yeah. We're going to go eat, but I tell you, we got a lot to talk about that inner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Mama's, you know, some boy knocks on your door and he's coming to pick up your girl. And you get this, uh-uh-uh. You better call your husband. <laughs> I mean, call me, I know what to do. Yeah. Amen. Y'all ever had that something? You about to buy something and something in here going, mm, don't do that. See, that's the, he's in here. We just need to learn to get acquainted, listen and look to him. And keep coming, guys. We're just out of time. Just keep coming. And I'm just believing the Lord will help us get, I'll be able to describe and show you scriptures and you know, my wife taught, she's already taught a good lesson on the inward witness. And go back and listen to that. Yes. And amen. And learn to pay attention. Stop looking out here for all your answers. He's yes. living on the inside That's of you. Right. And He loves you. Mm-hmm. He's the spirit of truth. Mm-hmm. Jesus said when He comes, He's going to be in you. He's going to guide you into all truth. Amen. He'll never lead you astray. I said He'll never lead you astray. Learn to look to Him. Learn to trust Him. He is God. He's God in you. Amen. Did you get anything out of that today? Hallelujah. Well, Father, I didn't...